What is up, everybody? Episode 114 of J5, getting live here on Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. And now you know that we're rolling. NFL preseason football is underway. Giants and Jets have had a little uh, turned up practice fights, hard knocks, deep into episode two now. And the baseball season dwindling away. College football week zero around the corner. And fantasy drafts are being scheduled. So, with all that being said, I'm not going to talk about the loser baseball teams as the Yankees. Probably going to fall a game below 500 for the first time in a long time. Tonight against the Braves. They're just outclassed right now. The Mets in total and utter disarray as they play out the stretch, as they like to say. But that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about today is three things. The Jets, the Giants, and some college football over-unders. Here on J5, getting live. So let's do it. So last night, the big episode of Hard Knocks, uh, the Jets have had, um, they had their joint practices with the Panthers. Panthers, they have joint practices today with the Bucks, and the prevailing theme of those has been the same. And the Jets' offensive line, starting offensive line, is a little banged up right now. They haven't figured out what they're doing with Mekhi Becton. But either way, where we are is this. The, the Jets' offensive line is a problem. And I expect Joe Douglas to do something to address it. But today, the beat reporters said Aaron Rodgers would have been sacked about 10 times. And the Jets were running a bunch of shallow passes against the Bucks that would have led to about, I don't know, 10 yards or so. No, no real deep threats. Rodgers did hit one to Garrett Wilson. Um, Wilson back after off the ankle injury. Um, but either way, it's been an unimpressive start by the, the Jets offensive line to start. And the Jets are going to have to get some reinforcements. And I think they're going to. I would look for Justin Pugh. I would look for, um, you know, cut day guy or two once in a while one of those guys shakes loose a guy who you think is going to be a starter um and all of a sudden it's you know a salary cap issue or a team just has a roster crunch or whatever it might be um I think the Jets are going to do something at the end of the day they're in a window with Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl and if they're going to win a Super Bowl they need the offensive line to step up now the, the 
big addition that the Jets had was Dalvin Cook. Um, a big ad. They needed that. I don't think that the Jets wanted to go into the season with Brees Hall off an ACL, Michael Carter, Michael Carter, uh, Bam Knight, and the new undrafted kid. Uh, I forget his name. Excuse me. But... You know they needed they needed that run game piece here, and part of Rogers, um, you know, giving up that extension, giving up like the thirty five million dollars or whatever it was, was so that the Jets could make moves like this and get a Dalvin Cook or get a get a you know wide receiver, add an offensive lineman. The Jets are going to continue to add here. Um, I would expect that Douglas, you know, is waiting in the wings to see what he gets out of his offensive line, the guys that he has. Um, but either way, there is some early cause for concern with the Jets, with that offensive line. Let me say it again. Right now, there is cause for concern with the Jets and that offensive line. And Joe Douglas is going to have to figure something out. He can't have his 42-year-old quarterback, who he traded for and went all-in for, getting sacked 10 times in a game. Because that's what would happen today if Aaron Rodgers was allowed to get hit. The Bucks would have sacked him about 10 times, according to the Jets beat writers. And it was the same issue last week with the Panthers. So the Jets are going to have to do some things. They're going to have to... Look at the scrap heap. See what guys are out there. Justin Pugh is the first guy who comes to mind for the Jets. Um, But I expect Joe Douglas to be active and to make some moves once he knows about the health of that offensive line. And that's really it at the end of the day. Um, You know, I think think that uh, we're going to see what the Jets do in the preseason. It doesn't seem like they're going to play Rodgers. seems like they're going to play him and the starters next week against the Giants, August 26th. So if you're looking to go out to that game, make sure you're paying attention. Um, Giants are probably going to play their starters this week uh, against, against the Panthers. I will be there, so I'll give you a report on that maybe Saturday, otherwise maybe next week, either way. Um, but... That's what it's starting to seem like, is that the Jets are going to rest their guys and give it one more week. Um, And listen, at the end of the day, the Jets don't have that luxury because their schedule is tough, but most NFL teams treat the first month of the season not like it's preseason, but like they're getting to know their team. So as long as the Jets can find a way to 2-2 and in the first four weeks, they're going to be happy. Uh, New offense, new quarterback. All those things. So, that's the prevailing thought for the Jets. Now, to the Giants. So, the Giants, on the other hand, it seems like things are going well in East Rutherford. Um, they're, it looks like they're going to end up starting two rookie cornerbacks. Um between Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins. Uh, seems like a Dory Jackson isn't the odd man out, but the Giants' best three-man corner 
setup is going to be Adoree at the slot and then Hawkins and Banks on the outside. I would expect the Giants to do a little mix and match early in the year. Um, I would think that Jackson's going to get a lot of outside reps, but what you'd like to see is that Jackson's willing to do anything for the team early on. Um, what you're liking is that it seems like the Giants' offensive line is holding up enough that Daniel Jones is able to make some plays. Um, that's big for this team. At the end of the day, that's going to be what is the key. Last year, Evan Neal was a weak spot. Mark Lewinsky was a weak spot. That right side of the line, Giants are going to need that to hold up better this year. And it looks like it's going to. Uh, you know, Schmitz is getting a master class in training camp from Dexter Lawrence on what it's like to handle a big inside offensive line, uh, defensive lineman. So that's big. Um, and the Giants have to fill a spot at, at linebacker. Uh, you know, the good thing about uh, Wink Martindale is he's an honest guy. So he kind of told you that, you know, his best three-man corner combination is going to be Adoree at the slot and then Hawkins and Banks on the outside. And he told you that Micah McFadden is leading the inside linebacker competition, but that with Joe Shane, anything could change. The interesting thing with the Giants is going to be what they do with these wide receiver cutdowns. The Giants are loaded at wide receiver. I don't want to say loaded as far as like big play guys because they're not. Waller is going to be their big play guy, but they're loaded as far as like number two and number three wide receivers. So Shep, Wandell. Slayton, um, Paris Campbell, Beasley, Crowder, guys like that. And it's going to start to come down to, in these coming weeks, who could add something on the special teams, who could add something on the back end um, for this team, who could be a deep threat, who could play multiple spots. We know that's a key for Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka. So just keep looking out for that. I know Giants fans are kind of torn. I think Shep is going to make this team. Um, my picks for the Giants at wide receiver would be Shep, Slayton, Paris Campbell, uh, Wandell, Hyatt, Beasley, and then either Colin Johnson or Jamison Crowder. Those would be the seven that I would go with, and I do think the Giants go with seven wide receivers. So I think that's something that you got to just you know, take a look at. Um, and that's it, really, as far as that goes. But overall, Jones has looked good. You haven't heard about him having any crazy turnovers. I think he threw, he's thrown two picks so far through camp in 11 on 11s. Um, but everything has been positive, and everything in Giants camp has been fairly quiet. Uh, I did like that Kayvon Thibodeau, or Wink Martindale, told the media that he called out Kayvon in front of the team the other day. Seems like the Giants' defensive line uh, as a whole responded to that, but also Kayvon Thibodeau. So I like that. Um, and that's really it as far as that goes. Either way, reasons to be excited for the Giants and the Jets. It's going to be an exciting football season here in New York. We're going to, I have, you know, fantasy drafts coming up. I don't really have too much of fantasy advice. Um, We'll give out more picks as we go on here. Uh, but either way, I think that it's going to be an exciting football season 
here in New York. And now, speaking of picks, let's do some college football over-unders. So, last year we did the J55. That'll be back as I give game picks week in and week out. But, going to do some college football over-unders. So, here we go. The first of the year. So, first one of the year that I like is Oregon State. Last year, I think I gave out their over. Uh, I liked it. This year, under 8.5 on Oregon State. Bottom line, don't think they can have back-to-back good years. I think the Pac-12 is going to be tough in its last year in existence. Um, or as currently constructed, I should say. But either way, don't think they can do it back-to-back years in Oregon State. So, I like Oregon State under 8.5. Next, going to the SEC. I like Tennessee under 9 wins. Under 9 wins. Losing Hendon Hooker, losing Jalen Hyatt, losing a lot on offense. Um, I don't think Tennessee could go back-to-back big years. So, I like Tennessee under 9 wins. And then finally, roll tide. I like Alabama over 10 wins. Nick Saban, since he got to Alabama, has only won nine games once. That was his first year at Alabama. After that, or not, it wasn't his first year. The last time he won nine games, I apologize, was 2010 um, when they lost the, uh, the Iron Bowl to Cam Newton. So that was a crazy game. That led them to go under nine. Uh, or to win only nine games. They were up big in that game, and then they lost. This year, I like Bama over 10. I think that they're being discounted. Um, You know, they lost some big play guys. But, again, the recap of the three picks, Oregon State under 8.5, Tennessee under 9, and Bama over 10. That's the J5 picks for some college football over-unders. Stay tuned in. We're going to do more picks along the way but really uh, those are the three that I like so far and I think that you know it's going to be a a fun college football season Uh, AP poll came out the other day so that was fun Uh, Georgia and Michigan at the top I don't think Georgia can repeat but we're going to see and that's it guys that's an episode so make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at J-O-H-N-M-U-R-A-C-H-A-N-I-A-N. Follow me on TikTok, J, the number five, G-E-T-T-I-N-L-I-V-E. All right, guys, J5, out.